hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm pumped, pumped that you were here hanging out with me because I've got a really good friend of mine, an Emmy Award-winning friend of mine. How many of y'all could say you have a friend that's got an Emmy Award or 11 Emmy Awards? I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. That's my boy. Anyway, uh, some of you actually have met him before, probably seen him around the industry at different events. Um, but he's usually coming at it from a different perspective, and I want you to hear more about that as we get into it. My main man, Chad Skinner, is hanging out with us today, and uh, I got to thank my sponsors for bringing him in today. Uh, without them, I couldn't have this show. and Without you, I couldn't have this show. So uh, hear me out for a minute. Uh, reach out to smartchoiceagents.com. If you're looking to add a market, maybe add 10 markets, maybe you're looking to do a book roll, maybe you're looking to do some different things, um, look no further than Smart Choice. They come at you with no annual fees. They help you by uh, raising your commissions, lowering your premium thresholds and your volume commitments, and they share in their bonuses and their contingencies. You got to check it out, smartchoiceagents.com. I promise you. It'll be a game changer for you, the agent. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, my friends over at Manscaped. It is holiday season, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, your significant other would love uh, or to take care of their personal grooming and get a razor from you. Um, they've got uh, razors for your face. they got razors for your ears and your nose and your chest hair. And they've got... You know, they've even got razors for the nether regions. Um, guys, don't let the name Manscaped fool you. Women all over the country are using Manscaped products as well. And I can tell you right now, for being a listener of this show right now, you can get 20% off. That's right, 20% off. And wait, it gets better. Free shipping. Free shipping and 20% off by using the code MAYOR. Help your loved ones Feel and look their best with products from Manscaped. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Guys, I would jump out of the way here as quickly as I can and let you get into my conversation with my main man, Chad Skinner. Chad Skinner, what's happening, brother? Well, you know, I'm here with you. Best part of my day. Oh, you're so sweet. I didn't, I didn't pay you to say it. Um, nope. Yeah, there'll man. Be a, there'll be a there'll be an invoice in the mail. Don't worry. Perfect. That's all I needed to hear. Just send me the invoice. <laughs> I will not pay it, but at least I'll get it. No big deal. Um, hey, I'll just I'll just keep you in collection status the rest of your life. So no big deal. <laughs> no, you'll, okay. just, you'll just owe me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, I probably already do owe you for many a things. Uh, I think you've been my free you've been my free Uber several times in my life. So I do owe you for that. So. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to oblige. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so <clears throat> talk to me. Okay, um, you know, we just had we just had Thanksgiving. Tell me your favorite dish. You know, Thanksgiving. You know what's funny is I, I am so not the traditional. Okay, I have turkey. I am absolutely one hundred percent down for doing like something random on on Thanksgiving, like. A Chinese buffet or oh, nice. a taco bar. Nice. So sometimes we'll have friends. We, we do a friendsgiving every once in a while, yeah. and 
we'll uh, we'll actually have people over and say, nope, we're doing lasagna this year. The lasagna is our turkey dinner. So awesome. You know, it's funny yeah. you say that. We started tradition uh, eight years ago with my kids and stuff because we my kids loved the Thanksgiving Day Parade. They loved getting up, seeing the big Snoopy and the big Grinch or the big Paw Patrol or whatever it was. They loved seeing it. And so we just said, you know what? You know, we're going to make this our tradition. And so I just, that morning, the first year we did it, I made a massive brunch. Just everything from popcorn to M&Ms to eggs and bacon to turkey. I smoked uh, turkey. I had a ham. I mean, we just had a collection of just random junk food, and then we had a little bit of traditional turkey just because I had to. So now, like, I invite my entire family over from 9 to noon to stop by whenever you want to, and there'll be people all day today coming in, and they'll be um, coming in for pancakes, and then maybe they'll graze. Yeah, they'll just graze all day, and then they'll stay, and then after the parade's over, like noon or so, like, all right, let's go for some turkey and grab some ham. I'm going to smoke, you know, a brisket, um, you know, so I, I just, I'm like you. I like to non-traditional. Like, people that say green bean casserole, I just want to hurl. Like, I'm just not a fan of green right, bean casserole. Right, Like, uh, I could do without the onion straws this time. Give me a break. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, what's funny is that the tradition has been in my family you go over to the matriarch's family, the patriarch's family, that you go over to their house and you have turkey dinner and you bring a dish, you know, and you, whatever that dish is, it's something that you're good at. So every year it was like, you know who, you knew who was bringing what dish. Yeah. And they would never make enough of it. Yeah. You're always like, I better get some now before somebody else beats me to it. Exactly. Sometimes I would go for de- dessert first because I knew that if I didn't go for that one particular particular dessert, I wasn't getting any. So I'm like, I'm starting with dessert, folks. Just with you on that. If it's out there, or if I see like one of my favorite things, uh, like it or not, it's a southern thing. But you 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 get me on this. You made me some biscuits and gravy one time that were killer. Um, the sweet potatoes with the mash the marshmallows on top with the pecans crumbled up. Uh, I guess that sweet yep. potato casserole. Yep, that is like if I see that anywhere, like better back off. Like you will lose a a digit if you come near me and there's sweet potato casserole because that's like freaking dessert. <laughs> right, freaking right, dessert. and that's that was the one thing that when I met my wife, the traditions were very different, and yeah. their their idea of dinner was a little more. I guess you would say a little more um, non-southern, just heaping pilefuls of food. Um, not that it was healthier. It's just, they didn't do it the same way we did, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that really threw me off was that they had cinnamon rolls as part of their meal. And I'm like, okay. well, this is different. Yeah. It's great. I love it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. That's crazy. So, All yeah, right, the so- first time I ate Thanksgiving yeah. with them, it was like, oh, you're getting a cinnamon roll. And I'm like, I've never had a cinnamon roll with my turkey. Mm. I don't know yeah. about that. Right. Like, trust me. Just eat it. I'm like, all right, I'll do sure, it. Sure enough. You loved it. Yep. That's awesome. Since we're talking family and we're getting into that, won't you, uh, won't you take me a walk down memory lane? Tell me about Chad Skinner. Walk me up to now because those that aren't listening, I'm going to go ahead and drop, you know, as we talked about this earlier, this guy on the show, you don't know Chad, but he's got an Emmy award. How many of you guys listening right now have an Emmy award or even been nominated for an Emmy award or even spell Emmy correctly. I don't know. But anyhow, 
this guy's amazing. I want you to walk me through your life a little bit. Take five or six minutes. Tell me how you got to where you are today um, and like how you got into film, how you got into all of that. Well, I will say that I've always been an artist at heart. Um, when I was eight and nine years old, my mom would, you know, get people yelling at her about me drawing in church all, all day. You know, like he doesn't listen to the pastor. He just draws pictures. And it's like, actually, I listen better if I'm drawing than I do if I'm looking around and people watching. So, um, so I was from a young age drawing pictures and doing artwork and just was really artistically inclined. I just have a really heavy influence in art. So as I started to go, what kind of, what kind of career can I make with this? Um, you know, I really loved the idea of animation and design with my artwork, but I really didn't have like a whole lot of knowledge of how to get into it. Um, and I just had, a, I had a few things that just kind of fell in my lap. But when I was 16, my first official job was a caricature artist in a mall. And that's when I learned how to airbrush because I had to color the caricatures with airbrush. So um, I always see people in cartoon form. It's just kind of what I do. And um, I could sit there and draw people like a cartoon after just looking at them a couple minutes. So it was always a fun way to um, put my artwork out there, but also learn people's personalities and learn about all these different things. And there was one time I ran into a guy and I was like, what do you do for work? And he's like, I worked for a TV station. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, I, I actually would really like to get into that. I did some stuff in high school where I was, you know, doing some animation and some editing and I really enjoyed it. I've ran a camera before. He's like, go apply, come apply. I think they're hiring an editor. So I actually got hired on as an editor um, in the late 90s. I know it dates me, but uh, the late 90s. Um, and if people know anything about TV or video or anything like that, back then it was still tape to tape. There wasn't the digital editing on a program software. Like there was software out there, but it, it was only used by the people because they only had one copy of it, you know? Um, so tape to tape, learn how to edit that way. And I think that that was uh, one of those things that I think would have, I think everybody should learn kind of that way, like the old school way of doing it versus just jumping into it. So I learned the right way and then <clears throat> became a photographer. And once I uh, started as a photographer, that's when I really started to pick up in my abilities of like doing video and storytelling and, and I think that was something that I always loved to do visually. I love to tell a story with my art, but I also love to tell a story, uh, you know, with video as well. So that's where I kind of got into the video side of things. And I was 19 when I first started. So young, ambitious, wanted to soak up everything like a sponge um, and continued in TV, in and out of TV for the last 25, 30 years. And have a, eventually got to where I was like, I need to learn some programs. I, I, I went to college for a little bit, but I was heavily focused on video production, not the animation side of things. And I really wanted to learn the animation side. And so I got into that and um, kind of taught myself how to do After Effects, which is a program that you use to do animation and um, have been doing it ever since. And I think that was about 10 years ago that I started learning animation. And now I've got multiple Emmy awards for 
my visual motion graphics, visual uh, storytelling. So, so yeah, I mean, I've been been doing it a long time, and and the Emmy Awards just are kind of a it's kind of the the connection that is I'm doing it for a reason. It's not I'm not winning an Emmy Award to say that I've won an Emmy Award. I'm winning an Emmy Award to prove that what I'm doing is right and good. And it proves to me that I'm all of my hard work is paying off. Yeah. It's so, like those insurance agents listening right now to play in these golf tournaments. They don't win any money other than just bragging rights or just knowing that they could play well. You know, I think sometimes right. there's a lot to be said for that, you know, just knowing that what you're doing is good and what you're doing is, you know, helping or somebody's connecting with it or resonating with it. Um, I think that's fascinating. Um, and I've seen some of your work, obviously. Um, and so, just to fast forward from there for you a little bit. I mean, now over the last year, Chad's been at Vertifor with me and that's how I met him actually prior to being at Vertifor, I met him, but, um, and you say, you say all the time you fall into insurance. You never really like pick insurance. Exactly. I have, I have absolutely fallen into it and I've learned, I've learned way more about insurance than I've ever thought I ever needed to much less wanted to. So, and I'm still learning, but, it's kind of one of those things like it's not something that I, I even five years ago, I wouldn't have said, Oh my God, I'm going to be working for a company, a software company that builds software for insurance. You know, like I would have never thought that. What? Um, Yeah. What I thought was fascinating was, you know, you and I in a marketing meeting and like you just said, you don't know Jack about insurance necessarily, nor necessarily, you know, some of the other stuff that we were talking about. However, you know, the first person up on stage, so to speak, you know, was you when it came to like sharing the ideas or talking about what you thought would be a great ad campaign for this or talking about this. And I think those listening, you don't have to necessarily know every single thing about insurance, be able to have a good ad campaign or to be good at marketing yourself. And I think that's, you know, something else that I didn't know I always thought the cameraman was just a big, dumb idiot behind the camera. I didn't know anything, but what I've learned from working with you is there's so much more to the cameraman. Like they help tell the story. They help with certain angles. They help with certain stories, even ask questions off camera. I mean, off mic, there's a lot of things to that. I did not know about. Yeah. And I think that that it's kind of funny. You say that about the the big, dumb camera guy and because there are some big, dumb. Well, that's how they portray him on TV. Right. There are some big, dumb camera guys. There's, there is a reason why there's kind of that stigma. But at the same time, I'd say 90% of the guys that I've worked with that are camera guys, they're in it to, to prove to themselves that they can tell a story. That's what they're in it for. They're not in it for uh, the idea that I just have a job and I'm collecting a paycheck. You don't, you don't get into a, a, a position like that just to collect a paycheck. You have to have some kind of passion for it. You have to have some kind of drive to be able to do it and do it well. Um, but I think that, you know, when it comes to like how I would relate what I do to somebody in the insurance world is it, there's always more than meets the eye. You know, if you can find a way to reach your clientele, your audience, your community that is real, that is a story that people will relate with that's how you connect with them. It doesn't have to be that you're an insurance guy and you want to sell them insurance. It's that, you know what? I'm just like you. I have a family just like you. I go through the same 
nonsense, nonsense that your our community is going through too. I'm there with you. I understand that, you know, I don't want to pay the most premium for my insurance either, but you know what? I want to make sure that you're covered so that if something does happen, we're going to go through this and we're going to get through it together. Not, I'm just leaving you out high to dry. I, I think that that's a big stigma when it comes to this, this type of like way of marketing yourself is like, you've got to somehow bring in the insurance side of things to make people like you. No, you really just need to be you and you need to relate with people, relate with people on the real level that you are. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I, I think, you know, be real, maybe share, maybe put yourself on camera and share, Hey, I'm, I'm Chad Skinner from Skinner agency. I just want to share what I'm thankful for these holiday season. Uh, I'm thankful for this. I think that, that, I think that what you're saying too, is the idea that some people think that they have to sell all the time. A hundred percent. And, and I think that that's where a lot of the times the reason why people don't buy from you is because you are too car salesman aggressive. You've got to relate with people where they are. It has nothing to do with insurance. It has everything to do with the human element. If you can relate to them where they're at and how, you know, you may, yeah, you may love to play golf, but that doesn't mean that every one of your clients loves to play golf. So don't post everything about golf. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you may, you may want to give a Thanksgiving message, but don't say, I want you to buy insurance for me. You know what? I just want to make sure that you guys have a great holiday season. And I want to tell you a little bit about my traditions. And that's, that's fine. And people will relate to that. And then when your name comes up as an insurance agent, they should know you as the guy that gave them the really cool Thanksgiving message than the guy that's the insurance guy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think people relate more to those things. And, you know, when I was an insurance agent, I wanted people to, you know, know more about me as the person than they did me selling insurance. And I even made the joke a lot. I want you to call me for, if you need a, a name of a good tow truck guy, or if you need a name of a mechanic, or if you need to know a good recipe for, you know, whatever, you know, like I want people to come to me for everything. Like I want to be their go, go-to guy. And not necessarily about insurance. I just want them to know Heath Sheeran. And I was always doing Heath awareness when I was on Facebook or on mm-hmm. social or whatever, because I wanted people to know who I was. And if I can help them in any way, that's all that matters. And if, it, if I sell a policy, great. If not, then they at least know who I am. And I, and I think going back to the idea of like, how do you market yourself as an insurance agent? I think that's, that's very true about you know, don't think like a salesperson, think like a human, think like somebody that is like, if I were to go up to you and talk to you at a restaurant and I don't know who you are, I don't know Jack about you, but there's something that connects us because we're in the same restaurant at the same time. And something happens that we both witness. We can talk about that. That's what you need it to be like. You don't need to tell us, you don't need to tell a story about how you sell insurance. You need to tell a story about how you relate to them. And I think that that's what people miss. They think that they have to be on that. Oh my God, I got to sell myself to as an insurance agent. No, sell yourself as you and people will appreciate that. And then once they hear that you're an insurance agent, you're like, man, that guy's pretty top notch. I, I wonder what kind of insurance he sells. I wonder if he can help me out. I wonder if he can save me some money. Yeah. You know, 
I, I find it, you know, talking about all this stuff and, and working with you and seeing the way you operate and the way things go again, back to storytelling and you and I worked in an agency telling the story of an agency that was very centered around more, you know, the service and the sales and all of us about relationships and all of building relationships and the perspective that you were able to bring to that and the angles you were, not just the angles that you were shooting, but like the angles of the story and the way you were telling that story, again, going back to way more than just a big dumb animal behind a camera, you were able to bring so much value there, so much perspective. And so is that truly what is, a, you said 90% of the cameramen you've worked with have been good. Is it just a different perspective that you guys bring to the table or the art, artists like you bring to the table? Um, I would say, I would say yes. Um, majority of those people, majority of that 90%, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be the guy that can kind of see things from a different perspective that can really add to the story by challenging the process, so to speak. I always, I'm very much an advocate for challenging the process. And I think that if you can and make somebody that's so stuck in their tunnel vision of, you know, why you're there, what you're there for, if you can catch them off guard a little bit and make them think a little bit outside the box and, and also like think about it from a different perspective, that's challenging the process. And I think that when you do that, not only do you get some of the most real answers out of people and the most real interaction out of people, but I think it makes them think I'm comfortable now. This guy doesn't want to just be here to, to go knees to knees on an interview. He wants to really get to know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that perspective that I bring when I'm in that moment of being the camera guy, I may be behind the camera, but I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention to everything that's happening. I'm paying attention to your reactions, your uh, interactions, all of those things that I'm paying attention to. And I'm, and I'm paying really close attention to the details. And I'm very a detail-oriented guy. Um, I have like... Sometimes my wife will make fun of me. She's like, you don't watch a TV show like I watch a TV show. You pick it apart. You see all the wrong things with it. And, right. and you see all the things that, you know, they're, they're telling you a story within a story. And you, you go deeper than what you really need to go. And I'm like, but that's the thing. Like, those camera, guy, those camera guys or those cinematographers, they see things from a different perspective. And they can use their video and their film and their composition to tell a story within the story. And I think that that that's a subconscious thing, you know. And I think in that subconscious world a lot. Yeah. It's like, how is this going? How is this going to feel to somebody when they watch it? It's not about what they're watching and the content that it is, but how is it going to make them feel? Does this make them feel uncomfortable when they see something a little askew? Does it, you know, do they recognize that this is kind of like this person could be evil or mean or? This person could be the savior, you know, that type of thing. So I look at it from a feeling of like subconsciously, what are you going to feel when you watch this, this clip, yeah, I, you know? So we are at a mid roll ad and I want to talk to you, my friends over at Canopy connect your one click solution to getting those deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. No more of that back and forth tennis match volley of question and answer. Uh, no more chasing down the other insurance agent to get loss runs. No more asking them for driver's list and trying to get vehicle list and all of that stuff. You can send 
a link. With one click, you can have all of that information at your fingertips. It is a technology and it is a company uh, that has revolutionized the insurance industry. And my boys over at Canopy Connect are the ones behind it. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get your demo and get your discount, the mayor's discount, by going to backslash Heath there. Usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Also want to talk to you about my good friends over at Old School Marketing. Uh, they are changing the game when it comes to mailers. You know, you've all heard of direct mail pieces, but this is done in a different way. It's handwritten. It's done in a drip method that helps you to get calls all month long, not just in one day or one week. And um, it is. it looks like grandma sent you a letter. It's handwritten notes in an envelope. That's also written in grandma's handwriting. It is handwritten by actual human beings, not a font, um, not gener generative AI, not um, printed. It's actual handwritten note and handwritten envelope. You got to go check out oldschoolmarketing.com. O-L-D-E schoolmarketing.com. Thanks again. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, like what you're talking about in this, because I do feel like so I'll be watching some of those shows that are, and I wanted to hear some of your examples in a minute, but some of those shows I'll be watching, and I'll be thinking about she and I talk about because I have the same brain similar as you and some of that, and I'll be like, okay, you see how they just said that they're setting this guy up for this, and then this is going to happen because they don't. That's too easy for him to be the bad guy, or it's too easy for her to be the one that he's sleeping with, or him to make this joke. So they're really going to twist it here. And it's actually going to be this person. And so I'm already thinking my wife's like your wife, like quit overthinking things and get to the ending before it happens. Just enjoy the show. But for me, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, cause my wife's like, Oh, I don't like that guy. He's definitely the bad guy. And I'm like, no, you know, it's going to no. end up being, Oh wait, this guy did it. But anyway, back to some of those shows you were talking about, you know, could you give me a good or audience, a good example of some of those shows that really highlight you know, some of those other things are like have those little subliminal messages in there, those little things like that. Do you have a show that stands out? Well, uh, there's there's plenty of movies out there that kind of like prequel to what the ending is like very much like, uh, uh, for instance, Sixth Sense. There's a lot of things that they show visually that prove that they got that, you know, spoiler alert. He's already dead and he is the one that is the ghost. So. Um, there's a lot of little things like that that they do in the film that give you a sense of death already. Um, for instance, uh, there are some things like one of the things that um, people don't recognize is that angles can come into play when you're looking at something visually. If something is angled from, you know, the top left of the screen to the bottom right of the screen, that angle is askew enough to make you feel like there's something wrong or there's evil around the corner. Or, for instance, uh, to make a group of people or uh, a particular person be the bad person, they use these angles all the time when they're showing them. Wow. Versus when they're showing somebody different, they may not use those angles. So um, there's a lot of little tricks that photographers and cinematographers do and, and the list can go on and on because everybody has their own interpretation of the rules, so to speak. But um, there's a lot of things that those guys do deliberately 
to make you subconsciously see the story. Um, wow. And, and there's reason why there's a reason why when you get into a show that you're like, Oh, I feel like this guy's the bad guy, but he's really, but I want to like him, you know? Um, there's a lot of little things that subconsciously make you feel that way that you don't recognize on the surface when you're watching something. So, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun, fun way to like, you know, cerebrally think about this stuff. <laughs> um, and, and I'm a very cerebral thinker. I'm very like, well, why are we doing this? What is the point of this? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that, that helps me in my journey to telling the story because if you can't relate uh, with people, nobody's going to get the story that you're trying to tell anyway. So nobody's going to give you the time of day. So you really got to really got to plan it out in a way that works and get to the right answers that you need to get to. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm one of these guys that uh, I hate to admit this because uh, I'm like you, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big cinema guy. I like to watch the, the things like that. I like to dive into certain things and I'm constantly Whatever watching a movie, I'm, I'm on IMDb the entire time of like, okay, I saw him in something else. And what was he in? And I remember that. And my wife's like, I don't give a damn. Just watch the movie with me. But I'm right. always doing that kind of stuff. And like, oh, I remember this scene from that. I remember. But anyway, but I'm a big, this time of year, I'm a big Hallmark movie guy. And they're the worst for what you're talking about. Because every one of them, it's the same storyline. It's the single parent raising their child because their spouse passed away for some tragic reason. Then they meet somebody else and they fall in love at the end or they fall in love. But they don't really country. want to fall in love. Right. Yeah. You know, or it's they the guy yeah, who works all the time and he takes a vacation somewhere to do something and meets a lady and falls in love. I don't know. It's just, it's always the same storyline, just, story. just different locations. But for some reason I'm into it, but, um, maybe it's because it's mindless. I don't know, but I'm one of those, right. like I'm a 60 year old woman, you know, in, you know, during this time of year, cause I love to just sit down. I'm sorry if I offended every 60 year old woman audience member that I have, I apologize, but I love Hallmark movies and lifetime and all those this time of year. And maybe it is cause it's mindless and I can just watch it. But, you know, I think tying this back to insurance, check this transition out, you know, going back to insurance, you could be that. Bland, predictable, lifetime, you know, or Hallmark movie. Same story, story regurgitated in a different way. Or you could stand out from the audience and you could do some of the things that Chad's talking about. And I think that that's, <clears throat> I think that sometimes people overcomplicate it. And I know that you can do that, Heath. You can overcomplicate things. I can even overcomplicate things. I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to throwing wrenches in the spokes. But. One of the things that I will say is sometimes simple is better. Yeah. And simply being yourself and telling your story will be probably the thing that people relate to the most. It may not be the most amazing story that you, you know, you came from the very bottom to the top or whatever. It doesn't have to be that. You can relate with a lot of people just by being real and being honest. And I think opening up that vulnerability on camera is sometimes hard to do. But if you recognize that, you know, people don't want fake, they can see through the BS, you know, they can see through it. So people don't want you to be fake. They want you to be real. They want you to, to give them some kind of 
true interaction that isn't this just nonsense of like, you're just trying to sell me on something or you're trying to prove to me that you're really not that way. Um, people see through it. And I think that that's, especially now with, with the social media, the way it is, it's so rampant with people putting fake stuff out there. People don't want fake anymore. I think they want real. And if you're real with people and you come at them with, in a, in a way that is honest, they're going to relate to you. And, and that will help you sell more than any kind of sales pitch you could give. And I think it's even funny that, you know, the buzz for the last couple of years has been authentic and being, you know, being real and, you know, all these things, but yet they're still being fake and just hashtagging authentic or hashtagging, you know, transparent. And it's like, we don't even know what real is anymore. And I feel like, but I do like, to your point, I do feel like people can sense that when you're being real, like there's a way that you speak. There's a way that you talk through things. You don't stutter through it or you don't um and ah, you don't do that. It's just, it's real. It just flows right out when you're being honest. And I think people could tell with your, your tone of voice with all of those things. And so if you can find a way to be real with your, your audience, whoever that may be, I think you're going to connect with them a lot better. And in the insurance industry alone, I think that's super important because, you know, we're protecting some of their most valuable assets, their homes or cars or their lives for that matter. Well, and I think that that, I think that's, that's kind of the hidden gem of it all is that, you're there for their protection, not to be somebody fake. It's a real thing that you're doing for them. Yeah. It's something necessary. It's something that they have to have. So why not be real about it? Why not tell me the way it is? Tell me like it is so that way I can move on with my day and not feel like I'm being taken advantage of. You know, I think that that's if, if you as the in, independent agent is out there trying to just sell your butt off, but you just can't seem to like connect with anybody, stop being fake. Just be real with them and be like, you know what? I know this sounds like a lot of money, but you know what is worse is not having any of these things to go back on when you don't have the coverage that you need. Like, come on. Like the, the real aspect of this is I'm trying to protect you from what matters most. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the way I look at it. And and that's just, maybe that's my personality of, I just want to be real with people and I want people to be real with me, but it's not, it's not just always a, it's not a sales game. It's, it's, it's real life. People have to deal with this in real life and just recognize that when you talk to people. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I, you know, as I'm thinking through this, we've talked about salespeople, we've talked about our audience, we've talked about some of that, and we've talked about, you know, relating that, which I think is wild that we were able to relate some of this, but I think it's it's very fascinating to me. But I also think about agency owners, and I also think about directors, and how the, the perspective is totally different from a director to the cameraman, or the director to even, you know, the person on the other end of the camera. Um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot there to to correlate between an agency owner and what they're trying to direct and the the, the story they're trying to paint or that the they're trying to tell and the director in that seat of trying he knows the vision he wants to go in you know but there's a lot there that I don't know because I'm not in that seat so you know tell me about some of the directors you may have worked with or <clears throat> and what kind of perspective they may have as we're talking through that one of the things I I 
I don't have any very like real specific things when it comes to like working with directors because I, I mean, in TV, it's a little bit um, compartmentalized. You're not working with these people like you would like in a movie. However, I think one of the biggest things is to, you got to trust the process. So if you're that, if you're that salesperson, that's like questioning your owner's thought process and questioning why they're doing yeah. this, why are they asking me to do this? Sometimes you just got to like step back and say, you know, what? I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to go with it. And then not only does that not make it to, not only does that make it to where you can focus on what you need to focus on, but it makes your job easier because then you're not worrying about the stuff that you don't need to worry about. Yeah. Let that person worry about it. That's what they're made for. That's why they're in that position. Now I'm sure there are pretty, there are some situations out there where it's like, this guy shouldn't be in that position, but trust the process because sometimes you're not always privy to what the end goal looks like. And when it comes to director versus like the cinematographer, the cinematographer has a plan, but the director is there to make sure that that plan happens the way that it's supposed to. Um, the director is there to make sure that the end result is being portrayed in the right way. Um, so I think that that's sometimes that in your, as a position, even the agency owner, when you're looking at the camera guy, you know what? Maybe I should think about it this way. Maybe I should kind of consider that perspective. You know, sometimes you got to humble yourself and be like, you know what? Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe this fresh perspective will give me a little bit more for me to challenge the process. So that way I can make it better for me and everybody else that works for me. Yeah, I like that. And I think those directors, you know, and agency owners alike should always have, you know, their, you know, be looking at their processes and perfecting those and looking into those and, you know, making sure they're still relevant, making sure it's still speaking to the audience because the way things were shot 50 years ago is different than now. The way things were sold 50 years from now, uh, 50 years ago is different now. I think you got to be able to evolve. Well, and you have higher expectations from your clients. True. People don't want a 1990s movie right now. Yeah, right. They expect more. They expect <clears throat> to have the, the bells and whistles that technology has provided. So sometimes if you're stuck on whether or not you should pick that technology, sometimes just breaking the mold and going, you know what? I got to do this because I got to keep relevant. It's just like that, that 60 year old that is stuck in their ways and going, yeah. ah, I've done it this way for years. I don't need to change what I'm doing. Right. That's you've already lost the game. You're already too far behind. Yep. Because you do have to be relevant and you have to recognize that your clients will call you out on your BS. They will call you out on it. They will be like, you know what? I know somebody over here that's going to give me the service that I want and the way yep. that I want it because yep. they've got their, they've got their stuff together and they're actually able to provide yep. me with the technology that I want to use. Yeah, you're yep, you're dead on. And um and this is coming from somebody that's not in the insurance sales game. It's just, you know, good advice from old Uncle Chad there. But I, I appreciate um because I think you're right there. And I think it goes back to everything that we've been talking about in, in storytelling and whatever role you are in that story. Um, 
or in that, in, yeah, in that story or in that movie or that TV show or in, in an agency, I think you have to be able to, uh, to do those things. And then I, I appreciate you sharing your advice on some of that and your thoughts on that. Um, so for, for you being a guy who's been doing this for, for a while now and been nominated for awards and some of those things, I know you said earlier, you don't do it for necessarily the money or the recognition. It's more of just knowing that you're doing things right. But what does that, you know, what does that do for you, you know, for your confidence or for your career or whatever, when you did that point where it's like, okay, I'm being recognized for my awards or I'm being recognized for that. Does that feel any different for you? Is that a satisfaction for you or? You know, it's funny. My wife actually tells me all the time. She's like, stop being this way because you've worked your butt off to get to this point. Yeah. And, and there are things about this corporate world that I'm in now that I'm in TV. Let me kind of back up because in TV, it's very much a deadline focused on a, sometimes on minute to minute deadlines and in the corporate world, things move at a snail's pace compared to that. So I beat myself up about like, I don't feel like I'm giving my hundred percent like always, because I just don't have the ability to, cause I'm being, you know, held back by time. So yeah. to speak, she's like, stop beating yourself up, acting like you're not working for something because you've worked hard to get to this point in your life. So all of that hard work that I put in for the chump change, for the minuscule pennies on the dollar, all of that hard work is paying off now. And so when it comes to like how that would relate to somebody, I think that you have to constantly be a student. You have to constantly recognize that I don't know it all. I'm never going to know it all. So I have to continually educate myself and be educated on how things work because things not only do they change faster than we can keep up with, but your way is not always the perfect way. I have my expertise and I will direct people in the direction with knowing what I know and, and influencing their decision about how to do certain things with video because I've been doing it for a long time and I know what works and what doesn't work. However, I'm also not so un, I, I guess I'm self-aware enough to recognize that I don't know it all and it's going to change by the time I get to know it all. So I'm never going to know it all. <laughs> right. So I constantly have to change the way I think about things too. Um, I'm always yep. evolving and always like pushing to know the next thing. And I'm always challenging myself to go, well, I know I did it like this last time, but can I do it different? Yeah, so, what I'm hearing is not to get complacent. Oh, absolutely not. And I think that that goes for the, that goes for the person that's just looking for a, a break of like, God, I've been working so hard for the last 10 years. I just need a break. Sometimes you just got to keep going and, and the break will come when you need it. But sometimes it's just like, you got to stay relevant regardless of where you're at in your, your career journey. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, I love that you took a, an opportunity. I gave you a question to talk about how great you were and you got all these awards and you turned it into a teaching moment. You're such a humble guy and I hate it. Um, you need to, <laughs> you need to brag about yourself more and, Talk about how, how wonderful you are. Because um, not just one Emmy. You haven't been nominated once. How many times have you been nominated and won? Uh, well, I've won 12 Emmys. That's incredible. 
And you've been nominated I've for been, more than that. I've been nominated, I think, 30 or 40 times. It's I don't incredible. know. I don't, I, I but don't 12 know. I don't Emmys. It's crazy. 12 Emmys. Uh, okay. Yeah. Are you, There's some other awards out there that I'm not going to brag about, but yeah. Okay. So are you more of a movie guy or a TV guy? Like in um, your own personal the, viewings? I kind of go back and forth. Like if a TV show is good, I'll watch a TV show. And I appreciate the work that goes into a TV show different than a movie. Okay. I got Because you. the TV, the TV show is like 15 movies in one versus just one movie that you put together. However, I understand the challenge of a movie because you're trying to fit in all of that information into a shorter amount of time. So I get both aspects and I appreciate both in different ways. I got you. Um, Are you, but when okay. it comes to, when it comes to setting down, yeah. And watching something, it all depends on the mood. If I'm in the mood to just be mindless, I will literally sit down and watch like uh, the first 48 or something like that, like, yeah. a, like a crime show. But if I want to like get into a, uh, you know, really watch something to watch something, I'll watch a movie. Yeah. Are you a Christmas movie guy? I like Christmas movies. And What's you your have, favorite? I was about to say, we're, we're about to do a Christmas movie draft. I'll give you oh, first. Okay. I'll give you first pick. We'll go five rounds. All right. So the best Christmas movie of all time, or yeah, or your favorite, or something in there, and we'll just see at the end. We'll let, I'll, I may put this this uh, out there, see what the audience thinks. Who got the best top five? I'll let you have that first pick. All right. Uh, I think you you have to include. Okay. No matter what, Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, I wouldn't say that's my top movie, but I think that that's your first pick. Your first round pick could be. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, if we're going that route, um, I think you have to have on a top list. uh, My number one pick would have to be Home Alone. Okay. So Home Alone that would have been my next. That would have been my next one. So you've you've taken that one from me. Um, What's your second pick? Let's go with Elf. Oh, I watched that one the other day. So funny. Yeah. Oh, such a good one. All right. My second round pick would have to be A Christmas Story with the Pink Bunny, yep. TBS you every year. You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your you, eye out. Yep. I mean, I mean, the funniest part of that movie is at the end of the movie. I That is what I laughed out loud the most on, where they're, where they're going for dinner at the Asian diner. Oh, yeah. That is the most, that is the, that whole, is, oh my God. That is hilarious. That gets me every time. All the rest of the movie, I'm like, oh, it's funny, it's funny. But that is what makes me belly laugh every time. Oh yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, All so, right, yeah. so your third, um, your third round pick. This one may be a little more unpopular. All right. But um, I think I have to go with um i don't know if i want i don't know if some people say die hard's not a christmas movie but okay I, but I no to, I, you have to go die hard no i get it uh it'll get it'll definitely get uh some eyebrows i don't think it is my wife does because it's around christmas time but you know i've just never been i never understood well, it's not a, it's not a christmas themed movie but it's a but christmas it's a christmas movie, movie. right you watch it at christmas time 
You do, I guess. Uh, I don't, but people do. I'm with you on that. That's a good. That's a good third round pick. Um, I'm going to have to go with a, a good value pick for me at the third round. Oh, one of my favorites, actually, Fred Claus. Have you seen Fred mm. Claus? Yes, yes, it's a good uh, one. Any Vince Vaughn movie is going to be in my top list, but uh, I love Fred. <laughs> I love Fred Claus. So funny. Um. I- the next one, so it's not a lot of people get mad at me for this one, but it's not because it's not really a movie, so to speak. Okay. What is it? And a lot of people don't even know what it is. Okay. But it was something that I loved as a kid. Yes, it's it's terrible. It is what it is. But it's the Claymation Christmas special. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I remember that. We're the same age. I get it. Some of my young yeah. people may not get it, but I, I'm with you on that. Um, I yep. think it's good. Yep. Um, but uh, no, one I can't believe we haven't said yet was the Grinch. I got to go with Grinch, and I'm a live action Grinch guy. My wife loves the cartoon Grinch, but um, I love, oh, I love, I love, I love that live action with Jim Carrey. He he oh, plays that part so, so well. well, so well. But the Grinch I think I can't the thing, it hasn't made the list yet. <clears throat> well, I love the Grinch. And and I I don't put that as my top because that's not the first movie that comes to mind when it comes to Christmas is it not movies, you know what I mean is it no. not what wow okay then hit me with the next one what's your last pick my last pick you know I'm going to go classic and okay. I'm going to go it's a wonderful life that's a good one I've or, never or ever Christmas. ever seen it but that's a good one. You've never seen It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy no, Stewart? No, never. And everyone says I should. I've never seen it. Okay, so this weekend you have to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Just do it. Okay. Just say I have to do it. Okay, fine. Um, you know, why not? So, I, And the other, the other toss-up there would be White Christmas. Okay, another older one. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't hate those at all. Um, you know, I just never, I, I never had seen them, but I'll have to check those out for sure. Um, all right. So, uh, I'm trying to think What's another your last one? one. Cause you got, you I got, got one, one more, more, one more to go. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Santa Claus with, uh, Tim Allen. Oh, Tim, Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah, really like old that Tim, too. the tool man, old Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Uh, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. um, I love to see, um, him in uh in that role and i've seen i love all three of them um yeah i actually like the second one i think better third one not yeah. so much but the second one's pretty good is the second one with the toy soldiers or is that the third one no the second one is where he meets the, he meets and marries mrs Claus. oh the principal yeah, yeah 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 uh spoiler alert but yeah, yeah. dude um I think those are all solid. None of those are hallmarks. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to check out. <laughs> I was expecting your list to be all hallmark movies. Oh, man, I'm not that bad. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. See, so yours, you know, was – so the audience is listening right now audibly. I need you to send me an email as soon as you get this or hit me on Facebook uh, or social media of some sort of who won because Chad's list was uh, Christmas Vacation – Solid. One of my favorites of all time. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Elf, Die Hard, uh, The Claymation. I don't know what you call that, but um, the Claymation a, it was Will, Christmas Will, special. 
the official name was Will Vinton's Christmas, I think Christmas, Claymation Christmas. There you go. Will Vinton's Claymation Christmas. Okay. And then uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, those are good ones. Uh, Mine was Home Alone, Christmas Story, Fred Claus, Grinch, and the Santa Claus. I think we we've had some man, you've listening. you've got you've got a pretty good chance of winning that one. I don't know, man. There may be some sixty-year-olds, uh, eighty-year-olds that are watching that love that claymation movie, and it's a wonderful life. You went for the older audience. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, like <laughs> at the same time, I'm I'm an old soul, you know. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And and I think that uh, I think if I was trying to win this competition, this this draft here. I would have had Home Alone. I would have had Christmas yeah. Story. Yeah. I would have had all the ones that you wanted. You you come up with. Yeah. Okay. So but, my bonus round, and I'll go. I'm going first on this one because I know you won't steal it. But my favorite of all time, my favorite is not on that list. Have you okay, ever? What seen is it? Family Stone. Oh, we not. I don't know if I have. Oh. Dude, every year uh, my wife and I watch. It's the first one we normally watch uh, right after Thanksgiving, but we've already gotten into the Christmas movies this year. But uh, Family Stone is so good. Um, you got to check that one out. It's my heart warmer, uh, but it's my favorite of all time. Do you have a favorite okay, of all time? Okay, so then I would say my favorite of all time to watch, every, one that I have to watch every year is Home Alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But – People aren't going to think that like Polar Express is one that I watch with my family every year too. That's a great one. The Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. One yeah, I agree. So, um, and that one's like really well done as far as from, I would think from your perspective, from an artist's perspective. Yes. Yes. And no, I think it was well done. It's also deliberately different than what you're used to. So yeah. th- they went deliberate, but they also, it's it, to me, it's like they tried to go realistic, but yet they stayed Anima- animated. Animated, and and there were things about it that made me go, mm, "You should have went one way or the other, not in between." Right. So I think I you're like right. Polar Express. I, that's a good. That's one of my wife's favorites as well. Her and uh, the kids love watching that one, and I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is great. Okay, so and if you're gonna uh, go, and if you're gonna go with chick flick, another bonus round chick flick. Okay. The, the holiday. Oh, yes. I can't believe I didn't even. Yes. The holiday is a great one. Um, Jack yes. Black. Yes. So good. Cameron Diaz. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. I love that one. All right. So um, now that we've, you know, bored the audience with that, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, I don't even know where to go from there. So uh, I appreciate you hanging out with us and talking to us, just sharing your advice, some of your just thoughts of just advice on video and on sales. I just, and I love the top five draft. Those are my favorite things to do. So I appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you a lot in between now and through the holidays, but uh, I appreciate you hanging out with me on the show. Yeah. I am. I'm glad that I could uh, give a fresh perspective. Yeah, dude, that's what it's all about. A fresh perspective. Um, And so, you know, I have to make that the title of this episode. Uh, I think that's interesting that Rotten Tomatoes use that kind of a fresh perspective, fresh tomatoes versus Rotten Tomatoes. So that was really good too. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of correlation in sales and film. I didn't realize that till just now. 
Yeah, there's a, it's amazingly it's amazingly that film film and video correlate to about anything you can think of. That's true. So crazy. Yeah, good for you uh, for being in that in that industry and now being here with us. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm glad we've become friends personally, dude. It just it means a lot to me. So I appreciate you hanging out with us. Yeah, it's been fun. That was fun. I really enjoyed hanging out with Chad today, and I hope you guys did too. If you have uh, an idea for a show, if you've got a topic you want me to discuss, or if you've got a subject you want me into, email me, Heath, at insurancetownpodcast.com. Also, guys, I don't ask this very often, but I'd love for you to go subscribe, go uh, download previous episodes. Uh, Make sure you don't miss anything. Uh, We've got some really good episodes out there right now, and I'm really proud of it as we're on over 200 now. I don't know if this will be 204, 205, 203, who knows. But guys, I am so pumped. Anyway, uh, guys, hope you have a great day. And I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.